and I was hungry also. They give us very little food to eat, and we got very little time to sleep. So eventually, we got very sick. I got sick with high fever, malaria, typhoid, and a few other. So I become very sick. Even though I was sick, they still want me to go to work. I had to push myself to work every day until when I got too sick to work. They sent me to. They say I need to go to the hospital. When I got to that hospital, I was disappointed again. It's not really a hospital. It's the place where the sick people stay and wait for the time to die. And I saw people die almost every day. And and I know, I know that I got no help here. If I stay, I might get some more disease, and my little body cannot cannot take it anymore. So I was searching for my way out. I don't have any option. I cannot go back to the work camp. I cannot really run away. I'm too sick to. To run away, plus I will get shot right away, and I cannot really stay because if I stay, I will become sicker and sicker. So I don't have any option. So I was thinking, what can I do? Because all I want was just to survive. At that time, I want. Welcome to learn or be learned. We either learn from others, or others learn from us. The former is able to help us become a better, faster you. Follow me weekly as I dig up stories like a true anthropologist would on one of the three series called Guest Conversations, Book Applications, or My Small Talk Explorations. I'm your host, Shiva Danishaker, and let's talk. All right, welcome back, everybody. So I'm here with Sarah. She has a very interesting and powerful story, and she is an author. And this book that you wrote, it's about your story, correct? Yes. Yeah. And for the audience members, would you mind sharing your story from the beginning? Okay, sure. Uh, I want to start from my childhood. Okay. Um, I. I grew up in Cambodia, in a small town. My parents are farmers, and we live in a very nice, um, you know, close to nature, surrounded by fruit trees and rivers, and it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I was, I am a firstborn child, as you can imagine. I feel so loved and feel <laughs> secure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my parents believe in higher education. Uh -huh. So they don't. They did not teach me much about farming. They just want to want me to focus on 
do well in school and move up to learn, you know, to get higher education. So with that in mind, when I uh, graduate from high school, I have an opportunity to attend college. Okay. And college is far. Yeah, college is um, in the capital city of uh, Cambodia, which is about 300 350 miles away from my hometown. So I left my family, left my home, everything, and went to the capital city. While I was away from home, a very bad thing happened to Cambodia. You probably know this is recorded in the history. The communist Khmer Rouge came into our country. They took over. Mm-hmm. They came in with in the military style. Um, when they moved in, there was a truck, a tank, all the heavy equipment, the military equipment, and then the soldiers march in. And we thought that there's no more fighting because the current soldiers and the new the new soldiers the new soldier coming in mm-hmm. so the the current soldier kind of giving up so we thought that everything would be peaceful but on the contrary the next day the new military they came they went door to door and point the gun at uh, everybody that's demand us to get out from our own our own home so everybody had to leave everything that we ever own and walk away from everything and they didn't tell us where to go they just get out out out, out. and we walk on the very crowded street and try to get out from the city so we end up in a remote village far away from the city and temporary we stay with somebody and then they push us to work in the field right away as soon as we got settled uh, we went to work um, i was pretty nervous at the beginning and then later on they make an announcement that if anyone want to move to Badambong. Badambong is the city where my hometown was. When I heard the word, I I was so happy. I said, me, I want (laughs) to go. So, yes, I signed up. So they took us, supposed to be, to my hometown. But I was so disappointed. I didn't get there. I um, arrived. Well, they drop us in the middle of nowhere that I have no clue where that is, where that was. So to my disappointment, um, I was just don't know what to do and just waiting for maybe there's a next opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the next opportunity came. They also want to, um, they, they asked, if anyone want to sign up to become a uh, a special force, a special team, and anything anything 
it attract my attention because I just keep I want to keep moving. I want to to maybe there's an opportunity for me to get closer to my home. So I sign up again and this time this time I got stuck. Stuck in the in the camp. They put one thousand people in this camp and all um everybody was single, man and woman. And they work us very hard. They put us to work in the rice field in the intense hot sun and all day long. You know, imagine you are in the heat all day long, fifteen, sixteen hours a day. I was exhausted and I was hungry also. They give us very little food to eat and we got very little time to sleep. So eventually we got very sick. I got sick with high fever, malaria, typhoid, and a few other. So I become very sick. Even though I was sick, they still want me to go to work. I have to push myself to work every day until when I got too sick to work, they sent me to, they say, I need to go to the hospital. When I got to that hospital, I was disappointed again. It's not really a hospital. It's the place where the sick people stay and wait for the time to die. And I saw people die almost every day. And and I know, I know that I got no help here. If I stay, I might get some more disease. And my little body cannot cannot take it anymore. So I was searching for my way out. I don't have any option. I cannot go back to the work camp. I cannot really run away. I'm too sick to to run away. Plus, I will get shot right away. And I cannot really stay because if I stay, I will become sicker and sicker. So I don't have any option. So I was thinking, what can I do? Because all I want was just to survive at that time. I want to live long enough so that if everything gets better, I will have a chance to go and find my family. That's all I want. So um, I, as I saw it for my way out, I remember, I remember when I was young, my mom read me many stories, but one of the stories I remember in that story, it showed to me that there is God, God out there. He, he knows what's going on. And in this story, he sent his angel to rescue the children and the woman that was abused. So now that I am searching, looking for, for survival, I remember that story. You know, 
I believed there was God that long time ago since I was young. So now that I need my way out, I start to pray to, to that God. He's the only, the only way. So I wait till nighttime and I pray, ask for help. And uh, night after night, it's not just one time. I keep praying. And then one morning when I woke up, early, very early, before everybody else, I feel like I have a little bit of energy. So I start to walk out from there. I walk out. I went back to the work team. And then one young team leader, she was so kind to me. She saw me and she feels so sympathy for me. And she said, okay, you stay with me and I will try to find you something for you to do. So she realized I'm too sick. So she keep trying. So she found me a job working in the kitchen. This is a kitchen like a cafeteria. They 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 make the food for all the work the workers. So I went to work in the kitchen just to help out a little bit and I I feel like I'm going to do better. I'm going to get better because I have access to more food. I work less hours, I got more time to sleep, I get rest. So yeah, gradually I felt better. So for for a few months I stayed there and I look better, feel better. You know, uh, shortly after I looked like that, they found me capable. So they pulled me out from the kitchen and throw me back in the right field again. So I endure four long years in a harsh working. I endure, I did not give up because I hope that this situation will change. I hope that one day I might have an opportunity to go home. So um, that's why I keep enduring. And then at the end of four years, they move the camp closer to the jungle. They keep moving us. So I realized that this is not a good direction for me. Um, it's, it's not where I want to go. So at that time, I had the courage to gather three good friends and I asked them, would you run away with me? <laughs> I asked them <laughs> and all three of them said yes. And I was just so excited, so excited beyond my fear. You know, the fear is there because this is a very dangerous escape. Mm -hmm. If they if we ever get caught, we have no chance, no chance. But, but I have good news. <laughs> uh, our escape plan works. <laughs> but that's why that's why I'm here. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I got out from captivity got out from the jungle and I was able to find my family.
it's a long journey, mm-hmm. but I did it. How old were you around this time? When this was all I happening? was in early 20, uh-huh. early 20. Wow. Yeah. You, so you were just starting your adult life into the world and the world showed you how dark and powerful it can be. What what was going through your head on the day-to-day basis um, in terms of, you know, faith and courage and strength like where did you find all that within yourself well i am i am an optimistic person by nature i'm i'm a happy person so um but i was not happy at that time however for some reason i just have a like an instinct that thing that you know thing can change thing might change so i keep i keep moving forward with the 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 responsibility the duty that they push on me i keep doing it day after day i am hoping that one day i will be free from this and with my love in my heart my love for my family that keep me going Mm -hmm. There's this autobiography called Open Heart, and the story parallels what your story was like and in many similar circumstances of internment camps or camps and things. You hear people's experiences, you hear their strength, and they talk about how they tried to find some sort of sense of control when everything felt like it wasn't in their control. Did you feel that way, and how did that impact you? If it, if you did, yes. Um, I well, in terms of work requirement, I don't have any control. Mm-hmm. But in terms of thinking, mm-hmm. thinking, I am free to think. I'm free to imagine. I'm I'm free to build a relationship with the the fellow camp worker. So um, I built a good team of trusted friends, and we share some some challenge, and we support each other. When I got too sick, some of my friends helped me <clears throat> to take me to the to the the bathroom, to take me there, and to let me hold their hand while I'm dragging myself to go to work. So um, I built support, I built a friendship among the people that suffer the same routine. So, yeah, I found my strength with other people. So um, I don't just keep it to myself and not reaching out. So I'm reaching out to other people and keep thinking about my loving family, mm-hmm. thinking thinking that they need me. I I keep thinking that I can be helpful. I can be helpful to my family. So for that reason, I don't want to give up. I I keep fighting all the way until I cannot do it anymore because my life is worth, is really valuable to my family. So that's, that's how I was thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, they say 
God only gives you the adversities God thinks you can handle, right? So for you, you know, those adversities, you know, thankfully you came across the other side. And what can you say to people that you've you've gone through a very transformational journey, something that I'm sure stuck with you for the rest of your life and certain habits and behaviors that you have. Like you said, you're an optimistic person. So I'm sure that experience solidified your optimism, right? You, It's made you even more optimistic because you realized even in the darkest moments, I was able to get through it with, with my own thoughts, with my own positivity. So you have something very powerful in your toolbox. But what would you say for people that may not have experienced something so um, so difficult or uh, someone whose adversity, you know, to them seems like a big deal, but in the grand scheme of life is not? Yeah, for for the people that um, are struggling through the adversity, you know, adversity is adversity. It's the, the, the problem that is overwhelming. You feel like it's too much to handle right now. So I would say that keep believing, take faith, take faith, believing that Bad time never lasts. I I keep thinking that my time is just like a hurricane. Hurricane, it come and it go. Um, I live in Florida. We have a lot of hurricane coming through. <laughs> so so I experienced living through the hurricane a few times, and just like I said, the hurricane it it feel make us feel very fearful, very scary. But as you can see, I'm still here. I did not get swept away by the hurricane. The hurricane come through our life in so many ways. But if you are strong enough, you believe that it will pass. You believe that you are stronger than hurricane. You believe that God can protect you. You yeah. believe that um, the better thing will come. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once you were out of it, what did you do afterwards? Did you go see your family? Did you go back to work? I went back to uh, look for my family, and I found them. And and what did they at say? That point, Oh, oh they gosh. were ecstatic. Uh-huh. They was just unbelievable. They they unbelievable. Uh, my dad was went around everywhere asking asking people, "Have you seen my daughter? Have you seen my daughter?" Um, the whole country had been liberated for four months before I came. So four months, I was behind everybody, and. They, my family thought that I didn't make it. They they gave away all my clothes and everything. Really, that's so <laughs> yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but here I am. <laughs> I show up. I sh- <laughs> I show up. Look like a skeleton. My mom did not recognize me. My mom did not recognize me. I look like a ninety five years old uh, woman. Wow. 
my mom said, you know, I didn't recognize you. This is long, long, a few years later, she told me. She said, when you came the first time, I didn't recognize you. All I recognize is your forehead. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> because I was yeah, out of shape. Yeah. Yeah. Skinny. Yeah. Very skinny. So, um, there was no work. The whole country was pretty much destroyed. Destroyed. When when they came in in 1975, they shut down everything. So everything was just completely destroyed. So there's no work for, for us. We have to create our own work. We have to make a living doing running our own business somehow, mm-hmm. some way. So um, after I recover from so many illness, it, it took me several months to recover. But after I recover, we start a small business. I went door to door selling something to make a living. How long did it take for you to recover, right? Like, feel healthy again, eat eat well. Um, one year, more one than year. A, more than a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One good thing going for me is that I have good appetite, <laughs> and <laughs> and and your mom probably made good food. <laughs> She made good food, mm-hmm. and she had a garden. My my dad planted a garden, mm-hmm. and the the food from the garden and everything. Right, fresh. So uh, they pamper me. <laughs> yeah. So um, I eat organic food. There's no GMO. No, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no bad stuff. But I I make a decision. I said. I will never, never be that skinny again. I'd rather be fat than be skinny. <laughs> <laughs> so so I ate until I become fat. <laughs> uh, wow. So was there anything from those moments that still give you some sort of flashbacks or things that you're that you're like that someone who may not know your story may think oh why why doesn't she like that why you know something like that is there anything that you hold in that kind of way well i have good news i don't i don't because it had been had been almost 50 years and I tried very hard to bury it to bury it and to forget and to forgive mm. I forgive long time ago I need to make peace for myself because if I hold on to the bitterness and uh, anger I will not find peace so when I got out from captivity when I found my family that was the happiest moment I realized that I made it through I made it uh, 
a lot of people lost their life and I'm grateful that I survived and the dream that I dream about reuniting with my family I reached I found my I found my family so why should I carry the the darkness the bitterness with me so I let go I let go I didn't know too much about forgiveness, forgiving at that time, but I'm just so happy, too happy to be bitter. Right. Too happy to be bitter. Yes. So that's my situation. Um, I don't know about other people, how much they can forgive, how much happiness they found, how much gratitude they find. I cannot speak for them. But for myself, I'm so grateful that that I reach my goal. I don't need to. I don't need to rethink about all the bad stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people carry baggage with things that have happened in their lives, and as they get older and older, if you keep carrying more and more baggage, at a certain point, that weight's gonna crush you right you're not going to be the happy youthful child-filled person you once were so i think you know forgiving and forgetting is a very powerful advice that you just shared i think that's very true i I can't say i've experienced what you have but in my adversities forgiveness and forgetting is is definitely what's kept me from carrying that weight you know and yeah. You talked about gratitude and and I think gratitude is so important because the way gratitude works is it changes your state of mind. You can't be in a negative state of mind and be grateful, right? So right. so I'm sure you were probably practicing gratitude in those moments in the camp in the adversity, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found some way to be grateful, not overwhelming grateful, but <laughs> right something. But, but yes, yeah, something to be grateful for. Like you know, I'm grateful that they did not beat me up. They mm, did not beat good. me up and asking, asking and you know, drilling for any information. So I'm so grateful mm-hmm. that although that I struggle with the disease and starvation but they didn't beat me up so right uh, yeah and another gratitude that I kept thinking is that at least I have a beautiful family to dream about to think about reuniting in the near future so that's a gratitude right is that the hope that kept you going through the whole thing was seeing family again? Yes. Mm. Yes. And yeah. did you ever get married once you returned and not not back then, but uh, several years later. Uh-huh. After I I recover from my uh, my sickness and everything, I need to Escape out of the Cambodia. Right. There was. Um, then I found my way to United States, and 
I went to school, work, rebuild my new life, and then finally I got married. <laughs> Do you have yeah. kids? Yeah. I had two stepchildren. And have you told yeah. them ab- about your life story? Or have they read your book? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, they read my book and they are so, so proud of me. <laughs> my grandchildren. My grandchildren are so proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've you've gone through some incredible feats. You know the, your story is very um, unique. It's very powerful, right? It's not something everyone can say they will ex- will experience, have experienced. But for those who have, I've seen the parallel where these type of people come out very strong once it's over right and and i'm sure when you carry that through the, your whole life <laughs> little things don't mean anything anymore right someone said someone cuts yes. in front of you and and yells at you you're like uh <laughs> you know that's nothing <laughs> yeah. you get that yeah. you get the point yeah <laughs> right right so that's why i say you know god gives you what God thinks you can handle, and and for you, it's it's it was a very challenging journey. Yeah, I I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I guess lastly, I want to ask, what is something that you learned in this journey that you really want others to take away and carry with them in their journeys? What I learned. From my journey is this. Well, there are so many lessons that I learned, but for our um, audience today, I would say that we need to have a purpose for our life, the purpose that is bigger than ourselves. In my case, at that time, my family was my purpose. And once we have that purpose, we, we know where are we going the direction that we are going so we don't get distracted we don't get derailed on on our journey and we have persevere we have to persevere we have to keep doing it because a, a worthwhile purpose is worth pursuing it worth persevering it and uh, the purpose need to have love in it yeah. Yeah. Um, love is really powerful force to help us to propel us forward. Um, instead of the purpose that build with with anger, you know, some some people they 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 the goal is to get away from something. I don't think that's a good purpose. Um, good purpose is something to go toward. To 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 attract you. To move forward, that's a good, good purpose that filled with love and kindness and compassion. Because persevering is also really powerful. Mm-hmm. So you're saying someone should find a purpose in their life and, you know, use love, optimism, kindness to move towards something positive, some sort of purpose, goal, higher higher achievements type thing yeah that's that's my belief Mm -hmm. you know 
Well, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your your journey and your story. It was this was absolutely amazing. I'm really grateful that you're here and you got to share this. I've never firsthand heard a story like this before or spoken to someone who's experienced it. You know, I've read some books and documentaries, things like that, but it's not the same compared to when you hear it from the person yourself. So I'm really grateful that you were here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share my message. I hope that I hope that people can find the inspiration and have hope. So if you are struggling with your own adversity, don't struggle alone. Reach out. Get some some help. I um in my business I offer my book. Mm -hmm my speaking engagement and um, also I'm doing uh, coaching so if you yeah if, if um, anybody feel like taking advantage of my service just reach out yeah I will uh, I'll have your links in the podcast episode description so they can just click on it if they're you know curious and want to see more yeah awesome thank you Thank you.